Sure is quiet on this podcast. I'd probably pee myself if someone jumped out and surprised me. Uh, I'm right here. Oh, Ned, jeez, man, I was, I was, I was about to pop my top, dude. You can't, can't just top. sneak up on me like that. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, it's not like I have like my video turned on and like you know staring no, at you but, or anything like that. I'm, man, I'm in a new house. Well, welcome, first off, everybody. This is the Never Ending Adventure Podcast. Talking about Adventure Time, Season 3, Episode 15, uh, No One Can Hear You, which is pr- pretty interesting episode. I'm excited to get into this one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one to talk about because I feel like this is a constantly referenced episode with like all Adventure Time fandom, uh, okay. just for being like creepy. It just it feels different. Does, like As we've been watching Season 3, um, we've had a couple of ones that we loved. We had a couple of ones that... We were like, hey, it, it fits in. This one, I feel like, really, really stands alone. You know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. They really did a good job. And Adventure Time does this a lot, where they pull off a very specific vibe. This was a creepy vibe the entire episode. Everything yeah. felt a little off. But it it got better, I gotta say. like At first, the episode kind of rubbed me a weird way because of that. And as I rewatched it for this podcast... I I've enjoyed the episode more and more with each watch. I really That's did. Good. The Candy Kingdom looks amazing. And the whole episode or the beginning of the episode where we're getting to see all these different dimensions and sides of the Candy Kingdom that we don't normally see. Um, and the biggest takeaway for me this episode, and, and if you're new to the podcast, this is my first time watching through Adventure Time. I, I think this episode helped me realize how much I like Finn. Yeah. Like I really wait, wait, felt for it, Finn. I just really enjoyed him as a character this episode. And I, I kind of had one of those moments where it was like, man, I, I'm digging Adventure Time right now. Yeah, was it was it more like you felt like a, a little bit more of like an empathy for Finn, Finn or like yeah, you I saw more of like of, a deep heroic characteristic to him? No, no, it's, it's, it's the empathy. I think it's me kind of being like, oh man, Finn, like... This sucks, you know, like what a terrible situation. You broke both your legs. Yeah. Like everybody's gone. Like your best friend's insane. You've been in a coma for freaking six months. Like I just felt for him. And I, and I, I don't know. I, I like this episode enough. It's not my favorite episode of the season, but it just kind of had that moment for me with Finn where I was just like, he's a good character. And I really enjoy him as like the cartoon prota- protagonist for Adventure Time. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you feel the empathy. Well, I guess it humanizes Finn a little bit more of like the deer janks up his stems, as he calls them. He calls them like (laughs) three different things to the episode. Yeah. Um, But like, yeah, like if you had a 600 pound deer hoof your legs, like they'd get janked up. And it looked like he either. They broke his femur and his like humerus or whatever. Yeah. Or it was just like one was straight on his knees. Like it was brutal. Though his knees are just like he's got noodle legs, you know. I mean, his knees are where the knees need to be for adventure time. (laughs) But when they want the knees to be there. But it's kind of great, man. I I ended up trying to do some deer research. I wanted to find out how (laughs) it is so difficult to find out how hard a deer can kick. 
Like, I guess they're just horses are known for kicking yeah, people. But I mean, now, yeah, but, deer, deer's not going to be the intensity of a horse kick well, for sure. What I did find, well, first off, though, this deer's ancestors survived a nuclear war, right? This deer is a bit uh, of a mutant, which we kind of yeah, find out later. I, I would on. say we're not quite sure what this deer is, per se. Is if it's a mutation, yeah. if it's like a different species disguising themselves as a deer, which that, that would be a little a stag, more. stag, which is yeah. still a deer. I, you know, well, there's know, still deer. You do see, like, especially kind of maybe down the road when we get into like stuff. Huntress Kingdom uh, yeah. in the woods and stuff, you see deer are in the Adventure Time universe, but this well, is obviously... storytelling had a bunch of animals. So yes, animals yeah, were used to, but they're all kind of mutants where they talk and they have personalities and, you know, of course it's a cartoon. Well, but, I chalk um, that up to the uh, the wizards in the forest, like giving them talking oh, abilities. Cool, I kind of like that. Yeah. So what I did find though, Ned, is that it takes 160 pounds of pressure to break a femur, or 4,000 newtons of force. So pretty strong deer. This this deer is a, a badass, and we got to be careful with this thing. It's out there yeah. in the world. Well, it was the freaking candy people murdered and threw it down the drain. I don't, I, don't I, well, I don't know if murder is that it, it there's not a return of the deer per se oh, but man, there's a okay. magic man episode that i think the writers have pretty explicitly stated that that was the same deer um i, I think that's wow. like way later down the road like back like when we get to like king of bars and stuff like that so for the fans out mm-hmm. there that episode with the deer and magic man and king of mars like that's relatively speaking, the same deer. It's interesting. I love Finn's reaction to getting his legs broke. He's just like, whatever. Well, yeah, he <laughs> clenches I'm, I'm his chin. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I love it though because it's when the deer picks him up and flings him is when he gets knocked out and his legs are obviously broken. However, we have seen him like kind of more, I really re- reminded me of the fight with the the bucket knight where he just gets the schnoz beaten out of him. Oh, yeah. And he just kind of keeps getting up, and he's, like, bruised and battered. But you do kind of get that feeling again. This humanizes Finn so much more because he can fight these, like, giant mystical magical beasts and wrestle with Donnie and defeat the Bucket Knight and all that stuff. But, you know, he faces a deer and kind of gets jacked up as much as a deer would jack up, you know, a normal person. Yeah. Probably so. I don't, you know, I in my research, I don't know if this is facts or not, but it sounded like deer are some of the most deadly of all the animals in the U.S. that you could come yeah. across, probably because of car crashes. But the car crashes, I know, are the, it's like the injury number related to that because like yeah. more people are injured because of deer incidents. However, man, I crazy deer story, not to tangent here because we never okay. tangent. No, uh, we, last night, we don't do that. Last night, uh, we we let the dog out. It's like 11.30 p.m. Okay. Go nighttime potties. Little and corgi. He, yeah, little corgi. He runs into our backyard, which is covered with ivy, right? And he just starts going ballistic. I'm talking a bark every two seconds for like five minutes straight. And I'm like, we're going to wake up the neighbors, all this stuff. So Jackie is like, hey, you need to go. Like, let's just go get him. Like, Let's just go in the backyard, get him. I go out there with my light. And I start walking towards him. It's super dark. I can't see anything into kind of the woods where the ivy is. And then I hear, 
And that deer runs out of our backyard and hops the fence and like runs into the neighboring yard. So, oh my gosh, we have these deer that that nest pretty much like sleep in our ivy that are like, like in downtown the neighborhood. Atlanta. Not we're on the perimeter in Atlanta, but yeah, wow. there's, our neighborhood has enough like creek space and open tree space to where I saw, I saw three deer yesterday just in our neighborhood. Dang, um, dude, that's kind of dope. But it made me think too. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really happy. One, that that wasn't like a buck because if it had charged the dog, the the corgi doesn't stand a chance against a buck. And if it had charged me, like, uh, well, I don't know what to do. Like, that would, I mean, a a buck charging at you would for sure impale you. So, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Man, I had a, gosh dang it. I'll be faster because we got to get back to the episode. Yesterday, a cat encounter. I was moving out finally from my apartment. Me and Allie are together now, moving in together now uh, in a cool house in Nashville. And in the basement, like the crawl space, the basement, I had to go get my bike rack for cleaning my bike. And I go down there and a freaking cat jolts across like the crawl space and it freaks me out. And we were able to get the cat out of the crawl space, which was good. Um, cause I think it had been stuck down there for a little bit. And the neighbors a little bit ago had said, have y'all seen my cat? And I think it's the same cat. So hopefully cat. I'm hoping the cat made its way out, recognized <laughs> where it was. And it's yeah. going to go back over to the neighbors. But anyways, animal stories, speaking yeah. of animal stories, Needle- this yeah, needless in this to say, episode, we were, we were already both spooked by <laughs> animals yeah. going into this episode, but man, oh, yeah. like I had, I had two like overarching thoughts of this episode, because this is not one where I really want to break it down scene by scene at all. Yeah. Um, but the first off is like the creepiness of this episode. And I, I read some Reddit threads about this one because I was like, what are what are other people saying about this? Like, I want to know the general consensus of like fans and how they feel about this episode. And it's, it is just uncomfortable enough, like pretty much from the beginning moving forward where it has a lot of these horror movie tropes. Uh, a, a protagonist, aka Jake, is still kind of a protagonist in this episode, who's just gone crazy and yeah, he's kind of like a false antagonist. Yeah, yeah, he's like gaslighting Finn the whole time. Uh, the silence is very much like Twenty Eight Days Later, kind of like where he walks out into the city after like wakes up in a hospital bed in hospital robes and like walks around, and it takes him like a whole. 10 minute scene to find anything, you know? Which can I just say what a terrifying couple of days because the deer didn't get all those people at one time, like one day they had enough time to get Finn, bring him back to the hospital, put a cast on him. Meanwhile, you have this terrifying, like fear the deer, dude, that thing is running around just like getting one person at a time. Like that's, that's freaky. (laughs) That is so freaky. Yeah, that's and and I so I have a, yeah I've got some the, we'll we'll discuss kind of the time theory later on in the episode. Okay, but yeah. the concept of this episode I think is very interesting because you don't know what moments to laugh at, and so if you do chuckle and laugh at a moment, it is masked with this like uncomfortable laughter. Like, am I laughing to make myself feel more comfortable? But I don't feel like the confidence to fully laugh at this joke until the very end, you know, until, uh, which is, it's, it's just a good way to like kind of write a horror movie script, um, to just make people feel uncomfortable where they're like, I don't know why I'm scared, but I'm like, have you ever seen, you never saw the movie Midsummer, right? 
No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in that movie, yeah. it's, it's the same concept where there's nothing inherently scary happening at all, but yeah. you are just so unnerved by what's going on that you are on the like it, you kind of had this edge of your seat moment of this, the, through well, this whole episode. I get that, man. We just finished Stranger Things, and yeah, or Stranger Things season four, and that season is creepy and it makes me look back to like the first season how creepy and freaky that season was before you see the monster before you see that oh it's i mean spoilers i'm not gonna go too deep into this because it's so new still but once you see the the big bad guy of season four i'm less afraid of that i i'm more afraid of what's going on with the russians which i don't even think is a really great plot line of season four but I'm more afraid of and and fearful of that than I am of this monster that I'm like, well, okay, like now I know his origin and I'm like not that scared. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And that's actually is a great point to bring up amongst, you know, we actually just did the two Halloween special episodes that were creepy and, and introduced more of like the writers showing that they, their love for horror movies but Jordan Peele, who is a you know genius writer of these kind of new age horror movies that have a great social commentary in them, and he mentions in an interview that the horror movie genius comes from the fact that as soon as you see the monster, as soon as you get a glimpse of it, some of the mystery of on the edge of your seatness, and it's the mystery of the monster that makes you so scared. Um, and that's what this episode does really well is you're kind of just, again, you have no idea the concept of what happened, what's going on. And that mystery is why it's so creepy. And yeah, then to sure lead up to it like, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. One big revealing moment. Um, and Jake's so off his head hurts the whole time. It's like he has serious head trauma from being dragged by the deer and being kicked in the head. And he's like, it's so interesting. He thinks, you know, they're all hiding the surprise for his birthday. He creates this, like, reality, this false reality around him due to his head trauma. And he, he dons this really dope, lovable, like, hobo cloak. And he's singing this hobo dream song or whatnot. But it's interesting to see how he reacts with Finn, how he reacts to Finn trying to break his reality it's like he doesn't want his world to be lost because it's all mm-hmm. he can hold on to for the time being. He's acting as if he's on hard drugs, dude. He's he's like paranoia, like lack of self-care. He's lost grip of everything around him. Like he's he's in a weird spot. And I hate I kind of hate that they solve it by more head trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, with another smack to the head. Yeah. I'm like, that's such don't do that. Nah, it's <laughs> it's a good. cartoon show, like fallback. You know, uh, just you know, get the amnesia out by smacking you in the head with a se- <laughs> with a second hammer. Um, yeah. No, I saw that too, and I I really in in terms of my first deep thought of this episode. Although we we have been talking deeply about this episode so far, certainly. Yeah, with Jake though specifically, I, you know, I don't really know if it was truly six months. Um, because like you brought up a good point that the, this couldn't have happened in a day. Like obviously the deer broke Finn's legs. He gets knocked out. He's in the hospital. They have enough time to bandage him up. And then probably there's a good chance that for six months, the deer would come back in and snag one candy person, take him down to the sewer stag and like was maybe a slow progression of it all. Mm. And that could have been six months. And Jake's maybe insanity. Six months. Um, 
I think is a really like dog ism. It's a Jake ism and a dog ism all in one. Okay. The Jake ism is that you know he's lost his parents in the past, um, and Finn is his only and Lady Rainicorn, of course. But Finn is really his only companion, and he pulls the the Jake ism by masking true emotions with uh, comedy, lightheartedness, um, and trying to kind of ignore the hard stuff. That's very much a Jake ism. Yeah. I think uh, that's a everybody-ism too in this yeah. scenario. I'm trying to put myself in Jake's shoes. I would do the same thing. I would create something that was more lighthearted, was more kind of like okay with me to live in a reality where all of my loved ones are gone. Everyone around yeah. me is missing. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm befriending a volleyball, like whatever, you know, like I'm doing something insane um, because that's a new situation that like we're not meant to be in. Humans are like group animals in a sense, you know, like we're meant to be with other people. Yeah. But but wouldn't you consider that still, although rational, an, un, an unhealthy coping mechanism though? In this situation, it is certainly because of the head trauma. <laughs> I think yeah. without the head trauma, well, it's a little bit better and it's a little bit more understanding. But with the head trauma, like he needed to see a doctor. <laughs> we needed yeah, to get yeah. Jake some attention. Well, and that kind of leads to my like true theoretically speaking is that Finn was maybe out for six months. Um, theoretically speaking, in a coma, and that Jake stood by his side, stayed in the Candy Kingdom, uh, was again finding these coping mechanisms. But it was only like a few days before Finn wakes up that Jake gets like maybe it was the, the last ditch effort. Uh, the, the deer finally came for Princess Bubblegum and, and Peppermint Butler. And then that's when Jake gets knocked in the head and like forgets that, you know, he knows he knows that it still happened for six months, but he didn't start going crazy till that last couple of days or something. See, I was thinking, in my mind, it was like the head trauma from being kicked while he was dragged by the deer. And then he was out for a bit and then he woke up and people were gone and he was crazy for a long time until Finn finally awakens from his coma. In my well, mind, that was the, the head there, that I was playing with. There are two concepts of that where I, I do realize that um, it, it probably wasn't actually six months because one, there is still some food that's like slightly rotted, like hot dogs and pizzas that okay. are not, they're in the no. trash, but they're not totally rotted. The second, the big indicator is that when Finn breaks out of his cast at the very end, he said, my legs are still broken. So his legs either... But he could he, walk on them. They were hurting, but they were okay enough for him to walk. I wonder yeah, how long so There's a theory the that they, they atrophied a little bit and like lost the muscle, and that's why they were hurting. But then there was like, oh, maybe this was actually over the course of like a week or two. And that Jake's insanity is... Or you know, Jake being in a minute coma was why he thought it was actually ten, uh, six months. You know? Yeah, okay. I like that. Well, actually, you know, the moment when Finn hears Jake say that it's been six months, he sees the bug crawling on him. That's, that's I didn't get that part. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that was that was kind of just to further express like he's crazy, like he's not yeah. in his right mind. Clearly, something's wrong. That was my tops of the episode. I oh, was the love that moment. Well, it wasn't because of the bugs. It's because Finn looks at him, looks at him, hears this. His eyes go inverse, like the black on the yeah. exterior and the white and on the interior inside. White. 
And then you see him, like, I think that signifies in the show something's wrong with this character. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes with Jake, we see it this episode and next episode at one point, which we're going to talk about after this um, because we got to do a double today. But then, yeah, Finn, Finn goes, face it, Finn. Like, in his mind, he's thinking, face it, Finn. Your best friend's gone. He slowly rolls away with the wheelchair, you know, like eases out of the situation. And then the very next frame, you see him full out sprinting for the sewer. And that just interaction made my tops for the episode. Yeah, that was a great one, man. I I would say that that moment's important because it shows the difference of Jake and Finn. Again, we've talked about this in several episodes of how they deal with problems differently. So Jake, obviously, like we mentioned, was masking and kind of coping with the problem but not finding a solution. Finn does come to the conclusion, and and if you really think about it, if Finn truly thought his friend was gone for good, he materializes that like really quickly and processes that in a really hard but realistic, truthful, I'm being true to myself kind of way, you know? Well, without getting too deep, I think that's a natural reaction for most people. For for me, or I don't want to go too deep, but like in situations where things have really hit the wall and like I've been in a situation where like like my life has changed all of a sudden and things aren't going to be how they were before and you can face it one way or the other way. Like the way that I just so naturally went was let's be positive, like let's be... Uh, confident and, and aware and have faith and things are going to be okay. Let's move on. Like it is what it is kind of a scenario. Yeah, and maybe yeah. Finn just did that. And it was just like a natural, I didn't even think about it. You know, like I think Finn's not even thinking about it. He's just moving forward. And he's like, okay, like I'll, I'll mourn for my loss of my friend later on, or we'll figure this out. Like I need the help of PB. I need the help of uh, ice cream doctor person. Yeah, Dr. Pr- or Dr. Ice Cream, excuse me. Dr. Ice Cream. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's just funny. It's it's I I think it's a definitely showing a maturity in Finn. Um kind of not panicking, not screaming, not getting uh as aggressive as he was in season 1 with kind of like we had thought about just kind of jumping into danger. He really analyzes this situation, tries to talk Jake out of it, tries to reason and then makes the reasonable next step. Uh pretty level-headedly too, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think it's 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 a great way to place this episode into season three. Not much else of it felt very season three-ish, except for the fact that Finn is uh, going into this hard situation with a lot of reality. Like maturity almost. Maturity, yeah. 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 That's, that's, my, that's my probably, maybe my deepest thought of this episode. So I like that. Well... We'll, we'll go into a commercial right here and we'll just end with uh, the idea picture just Jake flying with some balloons with two center blocks on his feet. You know, like that's that's where we're going next, the second half of this episode. That's where we're going. All right, we'll see you guys in just a second. Up from the sewers of the Candy Kingdom comes not mutant turtles, though that would make just about as much sense. It's everyone's favorite, deer goo, the taste you can smell. Brought to you by the Bubblegum Lab Co. Oh, is it saliva or sticky sweet food? Whatever your mood, it's dear goo. Now available in Citrus Orange. Welcome back, everybody, from our bad advertisements brought to you by <laughs> Russell and Nedco. 
Uh, we are two guys just talking about Adventure Time, one expert, one noob, and we are talking about no one can hear you. <laughs> if, you if, if you are halfway, through, halfway this through this episode, <laughs> you know. Just a just a quick touch base. I it is so hard to go back into the podcast sometimes. <laughs> I get it now. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. It, but it, it is because this episode is so unique. Uh, we I've got nothing but kind of like more like deep world building thoughts around this one again because it's not much yeah. like content that necessarily happens that we need to break well, down. However, we did about like. The world yeah. building. I'm curious because Finn has the line: "Is everybody at church worshiping Glob? We've heard of Glob, the Oh my Glob that uh, yeah. LSP says all the time. We've heard of Glob plenty of times. Is this a literal character? Like, can you dive deeper into the the relationship that people have with this like all knowing Glob person? Yes, and this is it's really fun because I love that this is a very very brief moment where it's not just Oh my Glob." It's saying that there is some sort of entity out there in the Adventure Time universe that people see as a larger being. This plays into so much of the series finale. This plays so much into many of the other multiversal, uh, multi-world tangents that the show kind of goes on. But this is the first drop of of an instance where they are seeing it, a glob. There's obviously Candy Kingdom of Churches where they're worshiping glob, which is funny because Princess Bubblegum is kind of their god that we've talked about. She's created all of them. Um, so I, it, it's a great little moment in the show that you almost glance over until you're like, oh my gosh. Like they, I don't know if in the first two seasons they had a plan to make Do a we glob get deeper into who worships glob and who doesn't does is this a religion that princess bubblegum like approves of like certifies as like the religion of the candy kingdom they they don't get into that as much um uh-huh. i don't know when they bring in king of ooh if that's necessarily connected with glob in a way uh, it's a lot more when we get into deeper Magic Man story. Um, that's a lot more of the introduction with Glob. A little bit more with the Gunter story, but a lot more with the Magic Man story. Um, that's about Ooh. as much as I can give you without it being a spoiler drop. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very much looking forward to getting deeper in the Gunter, especially. He yeah, is so yeah. fascinating to me. I mean... Gosh, dude, the way that um, it from it came from the nightosphere, the way that Marceline's father interacted yeah. with him, uh, that just really sets it up for you. Yeah, for me. Oh, for sure. It was yeah. a great season one uh, nod to the rest of the show, but a <laughs> crazy cliffhanger because we are not going to get to that for a hot minute for sure. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite parts of this episode, we'll just get back into what we're actually talking about. The deer... The best laugh of the episode was when Finn sees the deer for the first time after the accident. He's like, thanks for breaking my legs, dumb butt. And then the, the deer licks its privates. <laughs> and then and then sniffs. It's like it's almost like he like scratches <laughs> his balls and then uh, gives his fingers a little sniffy. <laughs> it was so fun. It's just like deer couldn't care less. He's like, Yeah, dude, like F you. <laughs> I'm chilling. 
Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's you, you do realize, again, why he runs off is that he obviously is only in it for the sugar. And yeah. that's why he totally that's leaves why Jake, and Finn, Jake and Finn alone. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's true. It's interesting. The other great part was, as I talked about right before we went into this break, Jake flying around like Pikachu from Yellow Version's intro with balloons. <laughs> the balloons. Like, it's, just, it's just, I don't know. There's something about that to me that just screams Pokemon in my mind. And I, I really appreciated that. That was fun. Yeah, I would say it's my runner-up tops of the episode is Jake okay. floating on the balloons, but the multiple marionettes where you could you see his arms like branch out like trees. I'm like, that's actually great, cool Jake stretchy power is like multiple yeah. hands. Have we branching. not seen that? Have we not seen multiple limbs? I couldn't think of another time. Yeah, when I, we saw I that. don't think we've seen multiple like functioning limbs out of Jake yet. Yeah, that's a great power. I mean, think of the mind power that you'd have to have unless you just practice it over and over again and become second nature. I would imagine like his ability to create these things out of his limbs is pretty incredible at times, very imaginative. And just the amount of like thinking about doing this, like making this this way that would go on into creating those like really cool like multiple limbs or... Uh, a fishing rod or or whatever is probably rather complicated. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we talked about that too when in Dungeon when Jake does the fishing rod hand and how yeah. I still think that's probably my favorite Jake stretch in the show so far was fishing rod hand. That was pretty cool. It's a good stretch. This, so is, a, this is maybe a good episode, second though. We get a good stretch. Yeah, from, we get a good uh, stretch. And I actually have some <laughs> theoretically speakings from next week that I wanted to dive into in this episode. But oh. really, I was—I was, I, was, I got to save it. I got to save it. It's a great theoretically speaking that may, maybe next week we'll talk about how it applies yeah. to this episode and other episodes in the show for sure. Yeah. Well, you, you finally have Finn going down there and, and seeing that everybody's trapped in this orange goo, whatever that is. Is mm-hmm. it saliva? Is it the candy residue from being lit by a deer? I don't know. It's kind of I, gross. I think it's definitely the saliva itself because okay. you see how they're all kind of mismangled and peppermint butlers like mouth is like almost like sugar sewn shut, which is, again is like very, that's, I think that's a Hannibal Lecter reference with like his mouth having those mm. things across it. We'll get it. My factoids all come from movie references pretty much. <laughs> okay. Cool. But I definitely think it's, it's the digestive enzymes of the deer. Yeah. slash alien, which is probably why it's orange. Um, well, I had a lot of questions that I wrote down about this character. I'll just run through them real fast for you. What is up with the massive amount of orange goo? Why does the deer choose the sewer? Why does it have hands under its hooves? Why is the deer bipedal? Will cliffhanger from between the lines ever stop hanging from the cliff? Why did I choose as my lovely, give me some sugar, baby, it's the deer. Why why did what? I do that, Ned? Yeah. The lovely is the deer for you. The deer That's... is my lovely. It's it's so creepy, but I think it really deserves to be my lovely. It did not deserve to die or be oh, flushed. Man. I think they should have tried to communicate with it. It's the creepiest deer I've seen since the deer from Time Splitters, if you ever played that video game on GameCube. I don't know. It's my lovely. Yeah. It was yeah. such a, a fun, weird, creepy part of this episode. And I think he he could uh, be a really creepy badass like partner of our uh, our boys if they had tried to communicate. <laughs> well, maybe. I would say it either uh, 
I guess it fits along with our our little snippet of give me some sugar, baby, because he just wants the sugar. He wants, wants Princess Bubblegum, and she will not, a.k.a. No. give him the sugar. Gave him no sugar. No sugar at if all. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Cool, PB. Cool, right. PB. Yeah. Like, let's, but okay, Everybody like, wants to kiss you. <laughs> again, I, she's so nonchalant about the end of this episode. I'd be like, dude. I'd be a little, maybe more traumatized, but she's All like, of them should have I been. didn't give him my sugar. I'm like, Ooh, you, you suck. Oh man. We almost had Starchy in a bad situation, but I'm telling you, he's got plot armor. Starchy ain't never going to die. Yeah. Well, dude, let's get the show, in. So maybe he does. Who knows? On, on that note with the candy people in the sewer, th- there's a wild inconsistency that typically I would have expected out of season one of the show where, there's inconsistencies with the Candy Kingdom. Season three, they've they've been figuring some stuff out in a way better way, but it doesn't make sense that there's this massive kingdom. We've seen instances where there's tons of candy people, and then we've seen other instances where it seems like there's like 20 of them. And this is the one where they're in the sewer, and it really does only feel like there's 20 yeah, or so candy people maybe enough. Maybe 30, 40 at most. Yeah, and well, and then I love this one, though. Because you do see uh, cherry cream soda very briefly at the when the deer's chasing everybody around at the beginning of this episode. You do see cherry cream soda um, or root beer guy. It's kind of like maybe a mixture of the two of them, but it's a little like beer mug full of root beer with a little like cherry <laughs> on top. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that they kind of threw in the the cherry cream soda character so early. So I, I liked that wow. concept of cool. it, but I didn't like the inconsistency of like. It would have been more traumatizing if there was like 200 candy people down in the sewers. Yeah. I think that would that yeah. would have been the creepier if they were trying to make this episode creepy, like way more creepy is that there's yeah. like you know corridors full of like <laughs> dying decaying candy bodies. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was good and I think it would have been just too much probably too much to draw. That might be the only reason why they didn't do it. It's like unnecessary. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I, I agree, though. I would have loved a scene where, like, you have the two characters walk in. And I just imagine the camera from behind them, like, scrolling up and then seeing a dome of candy people. Yeah, And then, that's like, what I'm zooming saying. past Finn and Jake. That would be, like, the movie moment if I was creating or directing this film that we're making. Yeah, it would have been a really cool shot. More how they do some of the shots in the later episodes of the show like this cool kind of like 3d like this is actually horrifying you know Mm -hmm. and talking about the timeline a little bit like how long do candy people survive for like if it has if it hasn't been six months how long has it been and the candy people what do they need to continue to live what stops them from from dying yeah that's that was a thought of mine again if we if we believe and accept the fact that this was a full six months that they were down there. I like your theory better that it was six months the deer was slowly capturing these people. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah, I thought like the same that's, thing. That's if why it was it's my lovely. It's so weird. It was uh, weird. if this truly was six months, then the deer was probably just slowly chipping away at them, and mm-hmm. that in essence, candy people don't need to eat. And and then another, theoretically speaking, from next week that we'll go deeper into, the candy people probably can eat each other and or eat themselves. And we've talked about 
yeah. can be cannibalism in the past, especially in regards to starchy. Yeah, um, exactly. Flesh. Maybe that's why there's less candy people down in the sewers <laughs> than we expected. And oh, every gosh. time PB's people go on a rampage or something bad happens to them, she has to be like, oh, great, now I've got to make 300 more candy citizens <laughs> because what they you, all ate each other. What do you do with the dead bodies? Oh, Stature just ate something. I know. Well, when when Jake's digging (laughs) through the trash in this episode, there's a candy cane, which is not surprising. So surprising because their whole kingdom's made out of candy. But again, there's pizza and candy canes in the trash. And I'm like, I think they choose to be cannibalistic. So, (laughs) um, but, but all that being said, I do think the deer is holding them down there and slowly eating them. Yeah. Like keeps coming back. Eats a little bit of candy, steals some more candy, blah, blah, blah. You know? Okay. Just like looking on them. I like yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. But I did have some give me an intro for my facts. Uh, Nettie's factoids. I had to think of what it was. <laughs> I had to think for that's, a second. That's not what it was. What is the other one? Uh, it was lay it on me. Lay it on me. Lay it on yeah. me. Because we're talking about how scary or creepy this episode is. And the writers, I think, took a lot of stuff from traditional movies. The first one is Alien, which the tagline for the 1979 Alien was, in space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, Which, again, I think is why this episode is called No One Can Hear You. So that's very much like the weird alien. You're alone on the spaceship. Something's hunting after you feeling. And then also the xenomorphs in Aliens like stick their victims to the wall and will like save them to eat them later, which is very much like what the deer does. I thought uh, we are meaning to rewatch that. I haven't. Oh, it's a great. I love time. it. I mean, uh, Ridley Scott just does incredible movies from the seventies yeah. and eighties for sure. Cool. Um, the other one, yeah, we talked about Twenty Eight Days Later, kind of that zombie apocalypse, abandoned city kind of vibe makes you feel really creepy. Uh, the title card actually looks like the scream, the painting with the you know like the the weird oh, yeah. kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like, I don't know. Wavy uh, textures. Abstract, wavy texture. About. Yeah. Um, and then they said that the actual, in the title card, um, the lettering is very similar to posters for Alfred Hitchcock films. And then lastly, the carnival music, balloons, and sewers all leads to a reference to kind of Stephen King's It movie with, something evil in the sewers and there's okay. balloons affiliated. So they kind of made nods to the fact that they were really going for like scary movie references, you know? I hate it so much. Oh, I've I never love, seen that. The concept of it freaks me out. And I, it's so good. Dude, I mean, remember, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast. Like the new It movie came out and I freaking was driving to work at like eight in the morning, seven in the morning. And there were balloons hanging on a sewer on my drive. And I was just like this, like a sewer (laughs) crate, you know? And I'm like, this sucks. You've got some sadistic neighbors is what what that really is. I can't, man. Like, (laughs) anyways, I'm a coward, but I am getting into the spooky Halloween mood. It's it's taken over. It's spooky season now. I'm ready, man. I'm ready for spooky season. Oh, yeah, we just watched uh, uh, our first... Well, I mean, we watch horror movies all the time, but we did our first one of the season, uh, I think, two nights ago. So I'm like, yes, now it's going to... Now we now we can 
justify watching Tim Burton movies and yeah. the stuff that's a little bit more like Halloweeny and not just like scary. We started Soul Eater again, which is a great anime, like kind of very casual watching anime with very Halloween-y vibes, like a creepy Halloween moon and sun and yeah, lots of like pumpkin imagery and purples oh, yeah, yeah. and oranges. It's it's great. Good, yeah, good I gotta little go. anime. I got to go do this first Halloween in our new house. So got to get that spooky season. Maybe we'll get oh, a, a deer with fingers for the front yard. Okay, <laughs> there you go. scare the crap out of people. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Ned, I got a, a lesson for you on oh, this what's one. Your lesson? Give me, give me it. Uh, all deer are bipedal maniacs that will stop at nothing to get what they want. Fear the deer. Mm, mm, I love it. That's yeah, yeah. Be scared of deer is what oh, yeah. what we've learned from this episode. But well, I was I, I was even wondering though, like, sorry, we'll we'll go into your lesson in a second. I was just no, no, yeah, what animals it. were able to survive the apocalypse or the 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 mushroom war? You know, it's so interesting what the writers choose to bring from the real world into Adventure Time and what they choose to kind of keep out of Adventure Time. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you see a lot of some filler episodes of like what really was going on during those days. And you realize that it wasn't like the whole world. It wasn't like a dinosaur mass extinction. Oh, no. It okay. was a changing of the times, changing of like the chemical balance of the world. Um, and hmm. I think a lot more of it was like what was altered, what lasted, and then what went away for sure. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, um, what's your my, lesson? My lesson on a deeper scale was be aware of gaslighting. And because like the, it, it, it's not really the overarching theme of this episode, but like yeah. Finn kind of buys into Jake's gaslighting. Like this is what's happening. No, no, no. You're crazy. Like they're throwing my birthday. For sure it's Lady Rainicorn. And Finn like pretty much openly accepts that when obviously there's something wrong. And it wasn't um, like intentional gaslighting, but I no, I no. But it was, yeah, it was very much like. But then Finn handles it in a good way, and he was like, "I'm not going to sit there and punch Jake senseless until he comes to his senses." He walks away from it. He pretty much just takes. He's like, "This person's gaslighting me. They're wrong. I got to go figure out what's up." But I'm not going to like go and smack this person senseless until they believe me. You know, because he could have sat yeah. there and just like punched Jake in the face, <laughs> tried to hurt Jake until he came to his senses. And now he's like, no, I realize what you're telling me is totally wrong. See you later, kid. You know, and that's, yeah. that's the right way to handle it. So I think that that's, that's a lesson. Lesson to be learned is that he handles the gaslighting with grace, with realism, and doesn't try to hurt that person back. Yeah. Um, or gaslight, you know, if he just sat there and was like, Jake, you're wrong, he could have just been arguing with the wall for an hour, you know? And he would have been, for sure. And he, yeah, and he would have been, for sure. Until he, I don't know, <laughs> until he, however he could have smacked him again in the head, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Ned, oh, I've, I've got a, a little wreck for you. Oh, and it may be the exact opposite of your wreck, I'm not sure. Um, I'm exhausted from the move, and I gotta say, take a break. That's my wreck. Give yourself a moment to relax to take some time off. Don't go out one night. Don't go hang out with people. Like, be okay with saying no once and and chill out. And that's that's my wreck. This weekend's been pretty chill because last weekend was nonstop moving. Um, but what's your wreck? 
Oof. I, my rec might have to. I know I did food too often, so I'll find, I'll try to find a mid ground there. Well, I was but, wondering uh, if it was going to be your like cleanse that you're on right now. Nah, I, I, okay. Recommendation: If you are wanting a challenge, there's something called the 75 hard challenge, and I'm in the middle of it right now. I'm day 27, where you have to work out twice a day, aka like a, a walk can be a workout, you know. Um, one has to be outside. You got to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. You have to drink a gallon of water, take a progress picture, and then you have to follow a diet that does not include any cheat meals or uh, alcohol involved. So, uh, hmm. yeah, that's, I, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend because it's college football yeah, season and I cannot everybody. drink some beer to watch a college football game, but it is helping me restructure my discipline. And, you know, yeah. know when to say no. Know when to eat an apple instead of a, you know, chocolate bar or something like that, you know. You, so. you kind of tend to do like sort of cleanses once a year. I've noticed in Nashville, you would always take a month or two months to do something. Like yeah, that, it's it was uh, kind of based off of your recommendation. Every time uh, I moved... I created a monster. I would get into that, yeah, after moving, take a rest and a break... And then I wasn't able to pick back up the good habits I had formed. So it was like gotcha. definitely when I moved to Nashville, definitely when I moved to the Belmont apartment. Well, yeah, Belmont apartment, the townhome was on a great health kick. Townhome kind of ruined it. Moved to this house. After, it had formed good habits. Moved to this house. Broke those good habits. And I'm having to just kind of reform that discipline okay. again. So take that break, but don't lose. Back. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, this is the whole reset again. That's like, if you need to reset, yeah. if you need to just... Uh, practice discipline. It's, I'd say it's a good recommendation. Yeah, cool. Well, you guys, I guess we're going to wrap up 45 minutes this time. We're not going to go too long for y'all, which yeah, is... That's, that's as long as we were in season one, that's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. You can catch us on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. You can email us your thoughts, your opinions at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com uh, YouTube, we are there and it's mostly just other stuff like our, it's our episodes and stuff but I'm hoping they get some other stuff up and I say that every time and maybe one day we will maybe uh, one day if you send us a review, you can grab a sticker uh, we'll just send it to you for free, we'll just review us on iTunes yeah. or Apple Music or wherever you can, whatever your podcast listening app is uh, and let us know you did We'll, we'll be back next Tuesday. Going to be talking about uh, an episode I actually enjoyed a little bit more than this one. I'm yeah. I, next week might be in my top five of the season. Very wow. much so. I think so. I, I, I might feel the same way. Yes. Good. Good. You spend never-ending adventure podcast. Party forever. And I love that you guys...